0: Welcome to Prism Bible, where we learn the Bible so we can live the story. God has a part for each of us to play, and to understand our purpose, we need to grasp the big, beautiful story that's unfolding in history. Join us today as we consider the system of sacrifices that God gave to Israel. They've been given a system to cover over their sin, but it's a system that points to a larger need, the need for a permanent sacrifice. You're listening to Prism Bible. God is holy. He is completely set apart, different, above and beyond everything we can imagine or experience. He dwells in unapproachable light, with splendor greater than the greatest magnificence. He is perfect and pure, with such presence as to humble the greatest among men into total and complete surrender. This is the God of the Bible. And this is the God who came upon Mount Sinai in fire and smoke, with the sounds of trumpets and thunder. He spoke, and the hearts of Israel melted in fear, so much so that after speaking those great ten words, the people of Israel begged Moses to go to God on their behalf instead of hearing God speak, lest they die from hearing God's voice. The Israelites got an up-close taste of God's magnificence and grandeur an experience causing a visceral reaction against even listening to God, fearing that their very lives were threatened by the sound of His voice. But it would be through the law that God gave to the nation of Israel that He would emphasize His holiness to every generation to proceed from that point. God had given the Ten Commandments, and over the next four books of the Bible, He would continue to give over 600 laws to govern Israel in the land of Canaan. While the books Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy contain narrative, all the narrative is interspersed with additional laws. Laws on social relationships, farming, clothing, home construction, and many other topics. But perhaps the very center of the law given through Moses to the people would be the system of sacrifices given to them. A system whereby the people could be in relationship with their utterly holy God. We left our discussion of the Ten Commandments making the observation that sins, like stealing or adultery, create stains upon the person who commits the sin and create stains upon the reputation of God who could appear to be overlooking sin. God could appear to be unjust and unrighteous if He allowed this behavior to go on with no consequence. Well, it's through the sacrificial system that God allows these sins to be dealt with so that a restoration can happen. A restoration where the sinner could temporarily be made clean from the stain of sin and where God's reputation could be protected. This reputation rooted in God's holiness. The fact that God is totally, completely set apart and above, different and utterly unique, morally righteous, and perfect altogether. If sin goes unpunished and unaddressed, God's holiness gets a question mark attached to it. It makes people ask, is God really holy and perfect? Is He really so different from us? Is God really just? Well, in order to protect His holiness and His reputation, God prescribes a way to deal with the stain of sin. And this way is sacrifice. The sacrificial system is a core part of the law for the Israelite worship of God and for life in the promised land of Canaan that land first promised to the fathers, now to be inherited by their offspring. In the system of sacrifices, we see God's requirement on the people to sacrifice animals and produce to achieve the two primary purposes of the system. The first purpose is to protect God's reputation, and the second, to allow for restored relationship with sinful people. Now, we've already said in prior lessons that sacrifices at minimum give honor to God and demonstrate dependence upon Him. But it's through this narrative and these laws that we come to see that sacrifices also protect God's reputation and to emphasize His holiness. God doesn't simply ignore sin. His perfect moral righteousness can't do that. Justice requires a reckoning with sin, and so in His justice, God demands that something take the punishment that sin deserves. And through the sacrifices... He allows the Israelites to have animals be substitutes for them in death. Punishment is transferred from the human who sinned to the animal who did not. This death allows God's reputation of righteousness and justice to be maintained, while also allowing for the Israelites to draw near to God in relationship with Him. As we know from the very beginning, sin brings death, and death is meted out upon the innocent animal, so that the sinning human can live another day. Substitution is at the heart of the system of sacrifices that God gave to the nation. Sacrifices that give honor to God, show dependence upon Him, protect His reputation, and allow for restored relationship with God. Honor, dependence, reputation, and relationship. Now, as we've said, this is a system of sacrifices— And the two main categories of sacrifice are worship and sin sacrifices. Worship offerings or worship sacrifices were most often whole animals or grains with olive oil and salt. These were offerings to primarily express faith in God, honor Him, and celebrate relationship with Him. For an Israelite to approach God in worship, one of these offerings was generally required. Worship offerings particularly focused on God's reputation. God was to be reverenced and respected by the people, and bringing a worship offering was a means to show God's worth and to give Him honor. In contrast, sin sacrifices were almost always animals, and these sacrifices have a special emphasis on the blood of the animal cleansing from the defilement or impurity associated with sin. We talked about this with the idea of sin staining a person. These sacrifices were to bring a person to a normal, clean state before God, to take away the stain of sin. Don't forget, blood is the signifier of life in the Bible. This means that when blood was sprinkled as part of a sacrifice, it was life covering over the death that defiled the sinning person. The stain of sin was being covered up, by the blood of an animal instead of the blood of the sinner. Sprinkle the blood on the stain of sin and the stain would be covered. And now in a clean state, a worshiper could approach God and worship without fear of retribution or judgment by God. This whole concept is what the Bible calls atonement. And we can think of the act of atonement as the act of sin's stain being covered over. It's by virtue of this atonement covering the sinner that God and the sinner can come together again without the stain of sin separating the holiness of God from the unholiness of the sinner. And this is what God has been leading to ever since the first covering at the garden. Do you remember what God gave Adam and Eve after they sinned? He gave them a covering, a covering of animal skin. God shed the blood of an animal to provide a cover for Adam and Eve. He was performing the very first act of atonement. And here in the law to Israel, he's expounding on what he started back with that very first couple. Now, this system of sacrifices is complex and detailed, so we're not going to go through more of this system for now, but you should read some of it for yourself. A good place to get the sense of the complexity and nuance of the system is in the book of Leviticus. This book describes the function of priests who would make these sacrifices before God on behalf of the other Israelites. And these priests came from only one of the twelve tribes of Israel, the tribe called Levi, named after one of the twelve sons of the man Israel. In His Law to Israel, God said that men from a particular tribe should perform particular sacrifices in particular ways, in particular seasons, and on particular days for particular reasons. God gave the nation detailed rules for this sacrificial system that would protect his reputation and provide means of restoration for sinners. A further example of this is in the prescribed Day of Atonement, where the high priest from the tribe of Levi would ritually sacrifice two animals to cover over or atone for his sins and for the sins of all the people. This was one important day among many seasonal and other ritual sacrifices in the system but don't miss the implication of what we've talked about. These sacrifices have to be repeated over and over again. As sins stack up, sacrifices stack up with them. The restoration of sinners through innocent animal blood was only temporary because sinning again would stain again and require blood again. Nothing in the system provided the means to stop sinning. Nothing was yet given by God to stop the sin that caused the stain. There was no blood that made the sinner unstainable again. It was simply a cycle of sin and blood, sin and blood. And this is a theme that runs at the core of the Bible story. Every time we read about a sacrifice, we're reminded of the insufficiency of this sacrificial system to truly cleanse a person from the inside out. Human corruption was not solved by the sacrificial system. It's because the system only dealt with the effects of human corruption. It's only later in the Bible that we see someone deal with the cause of that very corruption. But we're not there yet. Before that, we have these sacrifices, commanded by God not only to be done, but to be done at a particular location that he prescribes. For Israel's sacrifices were to largely be done at a place called the Tabernacle. This is the name of an elaborate tent that God had the Israelites construct according to exacting specifications. A tent constructed of valuable materials there in the wilderness of Sinai. This tabernacle, also called the Tent of Meeting, was the place where the people of Israel would meet with God. Just like we saw God come down on Mount Sinai, it would be in this tent where God would put His presence after Sinai. This tent, this tabernacle would become the place where God dwelt among His people who, though sinners, could approach God through the shedding of innocent blood. The tabernacle would become the center of life for the people of Israel. It would be the place of sacrifice, the place of God's presence, and the place of meeting with God on the earth. Yahweh, the God who spoke to Moses from the burning bush, who delivered the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, has begun giving his people a law at Mount Sinai. This law is the basis of the Sinai covenant and has its foundation in the Ten Commandments. It's to govern the nation of Israel in the land of Canaan. Though the law includes many requirements and stipulations, at its core lies the sacrificial system that allows for the atonement covering over sin this law, if followed, would result in blessing, but if not, would result in cursing and expulsion from the promised land of Canaan. Despite the hope for blessing and the warning against cursing, however, in a preview of what's to come, the one who would become the first high priest from the tribe of Levi, the one who would be tasked to uphold God's sacrificial system, commits an egregious sin against God. The people of Israel want a God they can see, and Moses' brother Aaron is happy to oblige. Join us next time as we see one of the major sins of the people of Israel. Don't forget to download the Prism Bible app, our mobile app to help you learn the Bible. In addition to this podcast content, we have Bible readings, summaries, and quiz questions on the app to help you get the most out of every lesson. Prism Bible is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping you learn the Bible.